beard pedophile grin. <laughs>
I'm gonna glance right over that and move on to the next thing. <laughs> um, Jesus, why do you do this? Because now I'm fucking laughing. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, so when <laughs> I did want to point out something really quick. Mm-hmm. When Kebby becomes a phone and he makes that noise, that oh my god, that was um, so so extra. Something very very similar to that sound happens in JoJo's Part Five, which is was was yeah is currently airing. Um, where there's a character in JoJo's Part Five who's a bipolar schizophrenic, and he one of, he talks to some of the personalities one of the personalities that's in his head by pretending that there's a phone nearby he grabs anything that's even vaguely phone shaped and uses it as a phone and one of the things he does use as a tries to use as a phone is a frog in JoJo's part 5 and he makes almost that exact same sound although just higher pitched so he's going interesting so I don't. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna like step back and say maybe it's a JoJo's reference. Maybe it's not. I don't know. What isn't a JoJo's reference? Everything's a JoJo's reference if you try hard enough. <laughs> I <right>, so <laughs> something that does actually happen in this episode is uh, Kazuki's brother, adopted brother. Uh, Haruka ends up getting kidnapped by Reo, who's one of the otter people <laughs> the otter people that sounds I don't racist <laughs> it does slightly doesn't it <laughs> but i don't care <laughs> wow um i don't know i i keep saying kava uso but you think it's overused because you could just say otters i sure i'm gonna say otter people because i want to be vaguely racist oh okay. yes um so Rayo ends up kidnapping Haruka and I, has like this um I don't know this dialogue with Haruka about his relationship with the other otter person uh whose name is Mebu um and it almost sounds like they have a similar relationship with each other as Haruka and uh Kazuki do I mean I guess so. I would say that the policeman relationship is clearly sexual, whereas the you Ka- want Kazuki and Haruka's relationship to be no, sexual. I don't really lie. Don't, but the show wants it. No, <laughs> no, but like I was gonna say, the policeman relationship is clearly sexual, and then the uh, Haruka Kazuki relationship is clearly platonic. But the show keeps like pushing the similarities between the two. So, yeah. I don't know what the I, show was trying to say. I don't know. But anyway, Haruka ends up getting kidnapped by Rayo and in an attempt to extract the desire out of Haruka. Okay, like, right before he kidnapped him, he had this really creepy smile on his face. It's like, oh, you have desire. A very Ooh, Yeah, like, very, very creepy stalker pedophile grin. Yeah. <laughs> and Haruka's so, just yeah. like, what's wrong? <laughs> I'm falling asleep. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that was creepy. Yeah. That was a creepy grin. That's like, yeah, that's neckbeard pedophile grin right there. Oh my. Um but what ensues because um the the three main characters, Kazuki, Toei, and Enta are still b- trapped as uh 
as Kappas, uh, they still have this... They're, they're still trapped in this form, so they have to go back and uh, uh, finish fighting the... Zombie. I keep f- zombie, thank you. I always want to call him ghost. ghost. I, I f- For fuck's sake, I don't know why I want to call him ghost every single time, but I do. <laughs> um, and that's the first time we actually see that, where they face the same cop as zombie twice. Yeah, they abridged the uh, fight. Yeah, they did. Um, he got uh, he got um, anally beaded twice. What mm-hmm. a lucky zombie. What a lucky zombie. You're right. Um, but then what ensues is this ba- basically like this chase through... I'm going to call it like a shipping factory because that's exactly what it looks like. Oh my god, you forgot about how they got to the shipping factory... That's the true. They go through like the fucking sewers to get there. Yeah, and, and I, there's hieroglyphics on the walls of the sewers for like, some reason. They're like Egyptian hieroglyphics with the kappas instead yeah. of like the Egyptian deities, which I and all of this is funny. under the all of this is under the guise of Kepi like relating the tale of the kappa. Oh my god, that was so funny. I, it was like funny because. Kappa are like actually historically relevant to Japan, but they mm. didn't make it Japanese. They're just like, oh, it's like they, historically uh, relevant to like some random other culture. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it is relevant to Japanese culture, so I don't know. <laughs> They're just being yeah, stupid. I, They're just being funny, which I did find funny. So, yeah, I, it was it was random, but it was very funny. Um, so. Can we talk for a moment about this little otter factory thing that's going on in here? Um, And how fucking good it looked? Okay. I wouldn't say it looked amazing, but I would say that it is a good way to use CG because um, it it wasn't jarring as CG usually is. Mm -hmm. So it uh, actually... um, like made sense in the especially the transition between traditional and CG it wasn't as jarring yeah and especially because what was CG was like a mechanical factory line which you would expect mm-hmm. to look kind of CG aesthetic so yeah. it made sense and it like it meshed well with the uh, scene so it was good yeah I wouldn't say it was like ufotable levels of good CG however. I would say it was maybe a step and a half down. So I think that's high praise for CG done by anyone who's not affordable. See, it wasn't terrible. And the standard for CG is being terrible. So in that way, yeah. it is good because we have such low standards. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I just think that anything that's not terrible is better than what we get. So I'm happy for it. <laughs> um <laughs> I would just I thought it looked pretty damn good for how it was utilized. And I think it's this is the it's a proper way to utilize CG. Like utilize CG for stuff that CG should be utilized for. Don't try to utilize it for every little thing. Yeah, because like the no, the entire thing wasn't CG. A lot of it was a lot of it was, but the stuff that was like stationary and not moving, that was not CG. Yeah, don't use CG for the Colossal Titan. Use CG for the Otter Factory. That's all I have to say. Or yeah. 
yeah, utilize it for things that it should be utilized. A good a good example, although this isn't anything related to Sarah Zen, my is the CG that was used in the remake of Legend of the Atlantic Heroes. That was great because they were using C- CG on things that should have been CG animated. Yeah, machines. Exactly. <laughs> I I don't know. But anyway, I was I was very happy with how it was utilized in here that it wasn't jarring when they switched between the two. And they were frequently switching back and forth between the two. Um, so something we learned about in this episode was what happens when you actually lose your Shurikodama, as in it gets destroyed. Yeah. So you have an explanation for this that's very interesting um, and relevant to Japanese culture. Hmm. <laughs> Just go ahead and say. Oh it. wait, wait. So to. okay, no. Um, so we realize that removing the Shirikodama means that you cease to exist in the past as well as the present. So your memories and your like actions in your life never actually happened and everybody forgets you. Um, which was kind of hinted at in the episode where Ento was hallucinating. I think that was like episode three. Episode three. Yeah. Yeah. When like. His sister's boyfriend got became a kappa zombie, and then when they like put the beads in his ass, um, <laughs> he uh, disappeared from her picture with him. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of hinted like that, but now we know for sure that that's what happens. And to me, <laughs> this phenomena reminded me of the Japanese phenomena of being spirited away. Which on not the movie. <laughs> fuck you. Okay, which which on paper being spirited being spirited away means being taken away by a god. But I find in a lot of Japanese media, like anime and manga, um, spiriting away involves like ceasing to exist. Mm-hmm. And one example I can think of is in Re Zero. What? By the way, I oh, yeah, I want yeah. I want to point out mm-hmm. we're about to spoil a no, very no, 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 major no, no, no. plot point in the middle of ReZero's no. first season. Now that you pointed out, I'm not going to spoil it. So, I'm, but I'm just no, going to say, do it. I've given the warning. No, do it. No, I don't want to say it anymore. <laughs> but someone gets spirited away in ReZero, and everybody forgets about who that person is, um, and whether they actually existed or not. So, um. Yeah, so like I but like I've seen it in other uh manga and anime and I feel like it's like a common trope. Um so I just thought that was interesting that they also used it. Yeah. Um I also had to point out that when I watched this particular scene and we learned that this is what happens, I was also reminded of an old movie called um It's a Wonderful Life. And something that happens in that is a guy is contemplating suicide and a guardian angel comes down and shows him how the people that he has been in contact with throughout his whole life, his family, his friends, what their lives would be like if he had never existed. So it's it's sort of similar to that in a way, too. That's what I thought of when I saw this, though. I know you haven't seen that movie, you pleb. Wow, but it's definitely um, a phenomenon we see in Western media as well. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to specifically talk about anime and manga because being spirited away is a Japanese concept, even though like 
being spirited away doesn't mean not existing, but for some reason the two are related. I see. Mm, I find yeah. um, from experience of just reading or watching anime. Well, they seem to be related more often than not. Yeah. Um, something else that happened is um, Kazuki and Inta ended up being the golden duo again. Oh my god! I just found that so funny that like <laughs> they um, Enta technically passed the Kepi ball. Takazuki. Mm-hmm. So he finally yeah, again, received it. Again, again, him, uh, Kepi becoming what the plot needs him to be. So does that, uh, I, I mean, Kepi also became a parachute. A parachute. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, because Kepi ends, so the way that they actually end up saving Haruka from going to like this fucking shredder machine, um, is by throwing this ball Kepi over above the machine and having Kepi catch Haruka, turn into a parachute, and then kind of flow gracefully down. So does this mean that Enta is the shooter and Kazuki is the receiver in their relationship? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You really want it to happen, don't you? Um... I mean, it's already happened in fan art, so... Okay, well... (laughs) That's fucking canon. Um, And the the flashback that we got in this was actually a, I guess you would say a Haruka flashback? Yes. Uh, Because we find out that the reason Haruka even knows about Kazuki's biological mom is because Haruka's met his biological mom. Yeah, so we know how Haruka got the sachet. Yeah. He followed Kazuki when he first met the mom, and mm-hmm. then he met the mom after Kazuki left. Yeah, which was a, that was all implied. He had to like insist. And, and, like, and I also that, kind yeah. of I I don't know this for a fact. I wonder if it will be expound expounded on in a further episode, a future episode. But I wonder if he actually stole the sachet. You know, of, yeah, like, it's not specifically it. shown how he gets the sachet. I just like assumed like she dropped it and then he picked it up. Maybe, or he, he could have stolen it. I don't know. That sounds that's very aggressive for Haruka. <laughs> maybe, and I maybe. don't know what motivation he would have for stealing the sachet. I don't either, but we do know that from the flashback, Haruka deeply regrets what he did. Well, what he did that he regrets specifically, I think, is that like he yelled at the mom and he yeah. said like "Don't take Kazuki away" or something along those lines. Yeah. And that's, in Haruka's mind, that's why he thinks Kazuki is being so distant with him because he thinks that Kaz- that Kazuki's mad that Haruka yelled at Kazuki's biological mom, which is not the case, but that's what yeah. Kazuki, well, that's what Haruka But it, it's how it's perceived by him. Yeah. Um, and then we have the end title card, I want to connect so I'm not giving up, because in this episode, it's almost as if... Uh, Kazuki had given up on being a brother to Haruka, but because of I, I was I I'm gonna say friendship with uh, Enta and Toei, who end up making uh, they actually force him not to give up his own life to save oh Haruka's. So depressing. Um, it's almost as if he gets like this sort of a second wind kind of thing. It's like all right. Well, if this is the way it's going to be, I won't give up on this relationship. Yeah, he's forced to confront his brother, and he finally finds the will to actually uh, 
move past the past and start yep. anew. Which is really nice. It's really hard hitting. The entire yeah, it is always oh, so hard hitting. Yeah, it is so it's, emotional. I mean, some it's like they say sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can make your life better. I didn't even like. Because the in Kappa form, I think it's all like they're all acting stupid, but like some serious shit goes down in Kappa form. Like, oh yeah, especially in these last couple episodes, some serious yeah, shit. Yeah, like I mean, in the last episode, he was like crying and breaking down in Kappa form, mm-hmm. saying how he's like a horrible brother and he, he like crippled his his little brother, and now he's like basically attempting suicide, going down into the into the whatever that is into the grinder and i'm like i mean this is some pretty serious shit but it's yeah. it's like it seems comical because they're like capos so yeah it's it's a great um contrast where it they're drawn in a very comical way but yet there's some serious shit going on so, I, it's a great artistic contrast to me it's very jarring this entire show is very jarring in many ways. <laughs> yes, but it's very interesting. I would say so far, so we're we're just over halfway through the show now because there's only going to be 11 episodes. We're in episode six now. Um, it's certainly of the shows for this that we've had this spring season. It's one of the most interesting so far. It's uh, definitely a standout show of uh, yeah. not just season, just uh, in general. Yeah, I I did not expect to enjoy it this much going in. Now that we're halfway through it, I'm I I I don't know what my my final opinion is going to be, but right now it's just it's so interesting. I want to keep going. If it keeps up all these plot twists and it has a decent ending that makes sense, well, that makes a little sense, then it'll be great. But I don't know. It has a lot going on. It might just crash and burn. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. And on that note, I'm going to end the uh, episode six review right there. Thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. And as always, shoot us an email if you have any questions or comments or if you have any ideas for topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, show. Oh, oh, I think I'm getting a call from my ass. Just end the, end, end the podcast. <laughs>